Got him. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag young gang. (laughs) Hi, honey. Hey, how you doing? I'm pretty good. Hey, are you ready to learn about the mini adventures of Easy E today? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. Well, today, well, okay, so last time Easy e got pulled up by his hair and God forced him to watch the execution of hundreds of innocent people, including uh, small children and babies, um, just because God wanted, wanted that to happen. Okay. This time, though, God is going to tell Easy e to cosplay an uh, exiled person. And... Uh, then he's going to have him crawl through this nasty-ass tunnel. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is all while everybody watches him do it. This sounds like some kind of weird kink I don't want to know anything about. Yeah, it's the kink where you make people crawl through shit in order to get off. That's God. Uh, then God is going to tell EZE to evoke an anxiety disorder. To just go around acting like he has some kind of weird anxiety disorder. And I guess he wants him to do this to dunk on those anxious, uh, anxious as fuck Israelites. I mean, honestly, if this dude was my god, I'd be anxious as fuck too. I mean, every day it's some kind of new bullshit, isn't it? Yeah. God, but, but okay, so, but God was a bit too vague in everything that he's having Easy e do. Crawling through the tunnel of shit, as well as being really anxious in order to make fun of people. Apparently, this was too ambiguous and vague, and so God um, has to come back and clarify what he's saying, and uh, because he just didn't get things right in the first draft. <laughs> you know, you would think that like the God as they describe him would be clear in the shit that he says. Uh, you would think so, yeah. Like there shouldn't be miscommunication. Mm, no, there shouldn't be. Or misunderstanding. I mean, if this God's a perfect God, he should yeah. be able to communicate perfectly with his people. One would think. Also, if he inspired shit in the Bible. Um, like the prophets. Yeah, he should have definitely been a lot more clear when inspiring these fucks. Well, see, here's the thing about prophecy. Kind of like uh, psychics, they get vague messages and give vague messages. Well, they don't really. They give vague messages to people so they can fit a variety of circumstances, mm-hmm. but seem like they're very specific. Well, it's kind of weird how God chooses such an imperfect way to communicate with people because like written and and language in general is all kind of very abstract. Mm-hmm. And so it can literally mean anything that you want to. That's why we have problems with translations now. So it kind of seems like God dunks on himself here. I mean, maybe he should have done it right the first time. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, bullshit happens. Anyways, God has Easy E just ambiguously say that the end is nigh. When I was writing this down, I accidentally wrote nay at first, <laughs> so it sounded like a fucking horse. The end is mer. Okay, Mr. Ed. You know, I've noticed that I'm pretty good at making like animal sounds like i can do the chicken mm-hmm. and and i can do a horse mm-hmm. i've been told to do a pretty good pig <laughs> you know I, I don't even think i've ever been in the presence of an actual pig to even know what they sound like really yeah i can't squeal like a pig but you know 
I just need to watch more of Deliverance. You know, my friend Daniel, he can make a dolphin sound. It's really, really obnoxious. We'll have to call what you want to call him yeah we can we'll call, call him, him later. later and i'll get him to make the dolphin sound it's pretty it's pretty crazy is timmy in the ocean is timmy in the ocean <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh all right then uh god oh uh god then has easy e bitch about the false prophets because uh, they are fucking liars of course all i mean liar mcliarsons yeah fuckers uh, God it then goes on to shit talk the prophetesses, uh, but but he should talk to them because they have shitty Etsy shops. Um, they false advertise and they produce shitty quality of things. So nobody likes shitty quality stuff from Etsy shops. I'm just saying, if you're gonna have an Etsy shop, your shit better be good. I I totally agree. Mm-hmm. God then tells Eze that dumbasses have idols surgically implanted into their hearts, uh, but God is going to roofie them and take those idols away against their will. I kind of feel like idols in this situation are like pacemakers, and I think that maybe God doesn't know what he's doing. Do you think he's going to take them away? Because I feel like he'd just leave them and kill them, because that seems way more along the lines of shit he does. Yeah, or or not, uh, or maybe he'll perform like a fatality from Mortal Kombat, and he'll mm-hmm. just like punch in their chest and then rip, rip it, it out. out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes more sense. Yeah. Would, Blood God like, things. Like rip it out and then like crush it right in front of them as they die. Eat it like an apple. Yep. <laughs> That's so disgusting. <laughs> uh, God is then going to reveal that only the false prophets are going to get the pimp slap of the Almighty because <laughs> they're fucking around. Uh, God then reminds Eze that the wrath of his pimp hand is inescapable. Sounds scary. Mm-hmm. God is then going to save a remnant, though, and everything is the Israelites' fault. The end. So basically, we have some of the same exact messages of stuff that we've already heard about before, except some like weird cosplaying shit going on. Yeah, and for some reason, he like hazes him by making him crawl through a tunnel of shit. I don't know why, but apparently that's symbolic of something. That's not exactly what happens. <sighs> is 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 this any at any point in time exact i'm just saying that's not really what happens so we're gonna my point is we're gonna have to actually read it oh i know <laughs> you you've resigned I've, I've you've ex- resigned yourself to the fact that we're always going to go over it i'm always gonna get it wrong because you know that's the point my <laughs> my version of the bible is way more interesting than what's actually in the bible so True. I, I prefer to think of the bible the way that i put it down yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do. It's much more entertaining. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, can you imagine a drunk God beer in hand like, hey, Eze, all right, now listen, I want you to act like you're exiled, but I want you to pack all your shit up and crawl through a tunnel of feces, a.k.a. shit, just because I want to see it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see if I can get you to do it. <laughs> Let's go, motherfucker. Don't make me pimp slap you like those other false prophets. (laughs) What's up, heathens? How How y'all doing? 
How are you doing, honey? You know, I'm all right. Yeah. 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 Uh, so today we're going to be going through EZE cosplaying some stuff, mm-hmm. apparently. We I, are. I mean, that's my version of it. That's not what it says in the Bible, but, you know. Well, I mean, it says enactment versus it's it's an enactment cosplay. You know, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically it's correct, but, you know, just in like third century bce terms i mean i guess okay or whenever easy e was written i'm I'm not sure when that was because it takes place at a certain time but it was definitely written at a different time yeah i think remember aren't we at like 800 bce or something like that around uh 591 to 586 <laughs> so yeah that was last last time. Mm-hmm. We were 581 to 580, 591 to 586. Oh, yeah. Well, what I was talking BC. about was like, because that's the time period it takes place in, but it definitely had to have been written like after that point. Oh, so sure. I'm, I'm not sure when it was written, but, you know, when it's taken place is. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So anyway, are you ready to start? Let's get this shit show going. Okay, so we're going to start in Ezekiel 12 and go through 14, right? 12, 13, 14? Yes. 15. Are we doing 15 too? Nope. No. 14. Okay. Uh, 12 through 14 today. Um, but we can just jump right in if you're ready. Oh, let's jump into the deep end without any floaties on. Do it. Let's do it. Uh, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man. I have to stop. I'm sorry. I know I've only read a few words. I do think it's really interesting in Ezekiel. This book specifically is the only one where God calls the prophet because, you know, there's all the books of the prophets already we've looked at or we've Mm -hmm. gone through. Um, He calls him son of man every time he refers to him many, many times. I don't know. I find that kind of interesting that Ezekiel is son of man. Yeah, well, I mean, um, all all of the prophets in the Old Testament are precursors to Jesus. So, him calling him the Son of Man is just like he's like a pretty important prophet. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel is, yeah. And sure. so, uh, I feel like that's probably just a designation God specifies to his favorite little puppet at that time. Yeah, but he doesn't say son of man to the other ones. No, uh, but I mean, I would say. He does call them different things that we also call Jesus. Mm-hmm. But son of man, it's just, it, for for me, son of man so many times in this book really sticks out. Right. Uh, and uh, pro- probably because, you know, Ezekiel's, I, I, I guess I'd consider Ezekiel a more important prophet than some of these other ones that we've gone over. Because, like, there was that one prophet who only got, like, a couple of chapters in his book. Yeah, there's definitely, there's major prophets and minor prophets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this guy's a major, major prophet. I can guarantee you he had light coming out of every orifice. Did he? Every <laughs> orifice. I don't know why you had to say it slow. Just to drive it home. That it light was shining out of his butt and his mouth that sounds unhealthy he should definitely get that looked at um i think that possibly this is what donald trump was thinking about when he was talking about injecting uv light into uh, our bodies yeah maybe it was like that god did it for eze why can't he do it for us it'll definitely kill the covid i mean i guess Mm -hmm. 
Um, but Ezekiel is one of the major, major prophets. Um, we also have Isaiah, which we've already gone over some Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, um, uh, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Yep. So those are major ones that we've gone over. Interestingly enough, another term that's widely used multiple times in the Old Testament is uh, being called like the or being considered the son of God or adopted into the family of God. And Mm -hmm. that's the king of Israel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So are you ready? Sorry for my little side rant. Not really rant, but just my note. thought. No, that's fine. Okay. Bothers me too. (laughs) <laughs> the, well, it doesn't necessarily bother me. I just think it's interesting because they do it here and they don't really do it in the other books, mm-hmm. the, uh, the other prophets. Yeah. Okay. So the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, you are living among a rebellious people. They have eyes to see, but do not see and ears to hear, but do not hear for they are a rebellious people. Therefore, son of man, pack your belongings for exile and therefore son of man pack your belongings for exile and in the daytime as they watch set out and go from where you are to another place perhaps they will understand though they are rebellious people <laughs> wait wait a second <laughs> so let's set the stage here for this okay <laughs> You got Easy E who's getting these hallucinations from God. Mm-hmm. And God says, listen, Easy, just start packing your shit so that everybody sees you. They may or may not understand the message <laughs> I'm trying to send to them. But just go from one place to another and see if they fucking figure it out. I mean, yeah. Uh, like, can you Like, whenever I see my neighbor packing his shit up and moving from one place to another, I don't think, oh shit, this is a message from God. <laughs> i just i don't see how packing your shit and moving it can be any kind of message that you can interpret well so i think him doing it is significant because they pay attention to him because he's a prophet for god so when he does stuff it has meaning when you know the neighbor whatever phil or whatever name you've decided our neighbors have today um is packing and moving it doesn't really Hell, what, signify anything what, to you when the when the supposed prophets now pack their shit up and move somewhere i don't think that god's about to fuck that place up <laughs> maybe you should <laughs> no <laughs> maybe you should consider that <laughs> well then why don't the prophets ever move out of florida or wherever these disasters are you remember that one preacher who was like uh god god f- flooded this area because of gay rights or something like that and then his home got flooded mm-hmm. why didn't his ass pick up and move I mean, you would. He should have foreseen that. He should (laughs) have. All right. So during the daytime, while they watch, bring it out. Then in the evening, while they are watching, make sure they're watching always. (laughs) Go out like those who go into exile while they watch. Dig a hole. Sorry, not dig a hole. Dig through the wall. And take your belongings out through it. I don't really know why he can't just go through the fucking gate. It seems really weird that he's got to dig a hole in the wall. Get now, just now, just imagine right next to the front gate that's completely open. You see Ezekiel destroying a wall and then crawling <laughs> through it, dragging all of his shit. Just, <laughs> and it happens like really slowly. Like he slowly pulls it behind him, and everybody's watching with their mouths open, like. Like the sloth it's that, happening like sloth speed. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. you just destroyed our wall. You're going to need to like <laughs> pay for that. That's, Can you that's, fix that shit? That's 50 talents of what the fuck ever we use right now. Call the insurance company. Everything's insured. <laughs> 
Okay. So while they watch, dig through the wall and take your belongings out through it, right? Um, and then it says, put them on your shoulder as they are watching and carry them out at dusk. Cover your face so that you cannot see the land, for I have made you a sign to the Israelites. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> now Ezekiel gets through the wall that he just destroyed while mm-hmm. everybody was watching. And then he puts a bandana over his eyes and starts heading blindly out into the desert. Yep. And mm-hmm. everybody's watching him do it. And they're supposed to take away that they're about to be exiled. <laughs> it just looks like Ezekiel had a little bit too much te- tequila. I don't know. It's, t- it's This seems totally normal to me. So <laughs> I did... <laughs> So I did as I was commanded. During the day, I brought out my things packed for exile. Then in the evening, I dug through the wall with my hands. Jesus, he destroyed it with his hands, like his bare hands. What kind of wall is this anyway? It still seems like that would be very difficult to do. Apparently. You know, you could probably do that. Remember the gardening gloves I showed you I wanted with the freaking talon claws on it? Mm -hmm. I bet you he had a pair of them. I, I I don't know. Maybe uh, I mean it for him to dig through the wall with his bare hands. I feel like the wall would have to be like I don't know some of the, some of the mud bricks or something like that. Maybe it just doesn't seem like a very good oh, wall. No, no. He pissed on it and then he started punching it, so it was soft from his piss and like and then, splashing when he put. This sounds horrible. No, let's not talk about that. <laughs> Let's just continue on and figure out what the fuck else happened. This shit's, this is some <laughs> weird shit today. <laughs> In the morning, oh wait, hold on. Dug the, oh, through the wall with his hands. I took my belongings out at dusk, carrying them on my shoulders while they watched. In the morning, I don't know if he walked all night or if he stopped and lay down and went to sleep or whatever. But in the morning, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, did not the Israelites, that rebellious people ask you, what are you doing? No, Lord, they just sat there looking at me stunned, like, why the fuck is he destroying this wall? Why is he peeing on the wall? <laughs> this is nasty. <laughs> well, so here's what's interesting. He tells him to do it this one day. Then the next morning, he says, didn't they ask you what you were doing? And then tells him what he should have said to them, like what he should say to them. You ready? Mm-hmm. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. This prophecy concerns the prince in Jerusalem and all the Israelites who are there. Say to them, I am assigned to you. As I have done, so it will be done to them. They will go into exile as captives. The prince among them will put his things on his shoulder at dusk and leave. And a hole will be dug in the wall for him to go through. He will cover his face so that he cannot see the land. I will spread my net for him and he will be caught in my snare. I will bring him to Babylonia, the land of the Chaldeans. But he will not see it, and there he will die. I will scatter to the winds all those around him, his staff and all his troops, and I will pursue them with drawn sword. They will know that I am Lord when I disperse them among the nations and scatter them throughout the countries. But I will spare a few of them from the sword, famine, and plagues, so that in the nations where they go, they may acknowledge all their detestable practices. Then they will know that I am Lord." I mean, I kind of feel like this is very repetitive. (laughs) It is, but at the same time, it's like, how the fuck is this supposed to make somebody think you're God? Like, I just, I'm going to be really, really, really shitty and destroy all of you, but I'm going to leave a few of you alive so you can go along into these other countries and tell them what shitty people they are. And because when all this happens, you're going to know I'm God. 
Like the fuck? Yeah, exactly. This makes no sense. It probably makes no sense to us because we don't have faith, right? Well, yeah, you got to believe in it first in order to. I must have one of those heart idols. Yeah, it's definitely surgically implanted in there. Is it? Did I get it with a vaccine? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Mm, I don't know. You've been an atheist for a while, so you probably got it a while ago. It was probably with a different vaccine when I was a kid or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I got at school. I mean, I didn't get a vaccine at school. I'm just saying to go to school. You know, in Ohio, (laughs) you have to have vaccines to go to school. Yeah, you got to be vaccinated here. Yeah. At least when I went to school, you had to be. Yeah. People are dipshits now. Okay, so this reenactment is, well, I guess pre-enactment, right, (laughs) is supposed to um, prophecy and signify when the prince of Jerusalem and basically all the the Judeans, the Israelites, are going to have to pack their shit up and leave because they'll be exiled and they'll be captives in other countries. And they'll have to leave through a hole. In In the wall for reasons unknown. Yeah, we're not sure. We don't know. Anyway. That's the first enactment, all right? Um, it, it, it tends to be called the exile enactment. So we're going to move on to the next sign from God that he's the real deal. Got to get ready? my pimp hand warm because I know okay. it's coming. Okay. The word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel, right? Son of man, tremble as you eat your food and shudder in fear as you drink your water. That only happens like when you eat shit you're not supposed to eat, like Taco Bell. Say to the people of the land, this is what the sovereign Lord says about those living in Jerusalem and in the land of Israel. They will eat their food in anxiety and drink their water in despair, for their land will be stripped of everything in it because the violence of all who live there. The inhabited towns will be laid to waste and the land will be desolate. Then you will know that I am the Lord. This is really puzzling. I'm not really (laughs) sure what this is supposed to be a prophecy of. Um, anxiety, like y'all are going to be anxious as fuck. Well, sure. When you threaten to kill all of us, like multiple times, mm -hmm, constantly, yeah, uh, through various prophets, different people all the time saying that God's going to fuck you up. I mean, I, I would, I would honestly be very anxious just every single day. It's like, is this what the Lord wants? I don't know. Am I going to get killed? I really don't want him to fuck me up right now. Yeah. I just, I can't imagine. Why these people might be anxious. Can you? <laughs> Apparently God doesn't understand. It's like, why are y'all scared? <laughs> yeah. But, but it's like, this is after, it's kind of like God just like backhanded and slapped the kid. And then he's like, what are you scared about? He just fucking beat the shit out of me. I mean, what mm-hmm. the fuck? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to move uh, on through some more of chapter 12. Mm-hmm. So the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel, son of man, what is this proverb you have in the land of Israel? The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. So here's the problem. The people of Israel and Jerusalem, they don't believe Ezekiel, right? They don't believe his prophecies because nothing ever happens from what he says. I mean, would you? I mean, honestly, now. Uh, you think about it. Ezekiel constantly comes out talking about how God's going to fuck him up all the time. Mm-hmm. It never happens. And so, I mean, at, at some point, you, you're going to be the boy that cried wolf, right? Or well, I mean, this God. happens This happens to a lot of God's prophets, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the major ones. So here's what God tells him to do. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. 
I am going to put an end to this proverb, and they will no longer quote it in Israel. Say to them, the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled, for there will be no more false visions or flattering divinations among the people of Israel. But I, the Lord, will speak what I will, and it shall be fulfilled without delay. For in your days, you rebellious people, I will fulfill whatever I say, declares the sovereign Lord. (laughs) So, (laughs) I think this is interesting because the point of this right here is to clear up like uncertainty and misunderstanding from the previous prophecies, from the enactments, right? The signs, because nothing happens. And so, people are like, I guess this shit's not going to happen. Is it going to happen? When's it going to (laughs) happen? And so he comes, God comes around and he says, the days are near. Well, that's fucking helpful. <laughs> like relative, are, are, we, are we relatively near? Like relative to what, this week? Or relative to all the times you've been threatening shit and nothing has happened. So we're like 100 years away. Like what, what are we talking? What's near, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to tell him the word of the Lord came to me, son of man. The Israelites are saying the vision he sees is for many years from now. And he prophecies about the distant future. So people right again, people think it's far away. It it might be true, Mm -hmm. but it's not anytime soon. Right. Right. So God tells Ezekiel, therefore, say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. None of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever I say will be fulfilled, declares the sovereign Lord. So it seems to me shit should happen. Write the fuck meow, right? Meow. Yeah, but it doesn't. So, (laughs) again, without delay. Um, So one of the reasons that people uh, have these um, no confidence in these prophecies is because, well, besides the fact that nothing happens, also there's a lot of false prophets, right? Mm -hmm. So God is going to address false prophets because... He's never done that. So we have to make sure that he addresses the false prophets so people know where God stands on that. (laughs) Since he's never mentioned it before. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophecy against the prophets of Israel who are now prophesying. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Say to those who prophesy out of their own imagination, so not from him, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. Your prophets, Israel, are like jackals among ruins. You have not gone up to the breaches in the wall to repair it for the people of Israel so that it will stand firm in the battle of the, on the day of the Lord. Well, listen, Ezekiel, if they are building fucking walls that you can tear down with uh, and, and dig holes through with your bare hands... It's probably not a very good wall. I'm just saying you should maybe fix it and make it better. Yeah. the <laughs> I, I definitely would suggest a much stronger wall if it can be defeated by fists. Yeah. So he continues, their visions are false and their divinations a lie. Even though the Lord has not sent them, they say the Lord declares and expect him to fulfill their words. Have you not seen false visions and uttered lying divinations when you say the Lord declares, though I have not spoken? Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because of your false words and lying visions, I am against you, declares the Sovereign Lord. (laughs) This is also one of the interesting things about this book. It's written, it's written quite differently. I mean, they're, they're written by different people, so they're all written differently. Right. But this is like a lot of the Sovereign Lord and, you know, Son of Man things. 
My hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lying divinations. They will not belong to the council of my people or be listed in the records of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how this is supposed to be the indication that he is the sovereign Lord. I don't either. Because they lead my people astray, saying peace when there is no peace. This reminds me of freaking Independence Day. Peace, no, no peace. peace. Mm -hmm. uh, and because when a flimsy wall is built, they cover it with whitewash. Therefore, tell those who cover it with whitewash that it is going to fall. Rain will come in torrents and I will see send hailstones hurtling down and violent winds will burst forth. When the wall collapses, will people not ask you, where's the whitewash you covered it with? <laughs> what, what, how is whitewash going to protect against anything? Also, if your walls can be defeated by fucking fists, yeah, you probably need to build a stronger wall. But Well, if they can be defeated by fists, what chance does it have uh, against torrential rain, hailstones, and violent winds that God is going to send? Like, what does even a strong wall have against that? So I don't know. I mean, unless they're building it out of like modern day concrete and shit, I don't see how any wall that could be built could withstand that. Yeah, I think what he's trying to say is you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's he's basically saying you can whitewash a shitty wall but and make it look nice, but feel, it's still a shitty wall. I feel like that first reference could only be understood in Alabama. <laughs> you could put a lipstick on a pig, but... He's still a pig. <laughs> the that, fuck are that, you talking, Cletus? That doesn't make it a woman. No, it doesn't. That's right, Cletus. Now, please back away from the swan. <laughs> so I think that's the point is, you know, you can, I mean, I guess I could have used it. You can polish a turd, right? But it's still a turd. Like, the, I think that's what he's saying is you can whitewash this shitty wall, but it's still shitty. You're building you're building a weak wall. Yeah, I, I, I can tell God used the turd analogy first, and then he was like, all right, let me make this a bit more simpler. <laughs> There's this wall, and you whitewashed it, and it's shit, and then I'm going to knock it down. Okay? I mean, to be fair, I think that's more relatable. Who would fucking polish a turd? Nobody. <laughs> Why is that even a saying? I don't, I don't you know. You know, they did that on... Um, Oh God! What's that show? Mythbusters. They did. They polished shit on Mythbusters, and they made this like you know those those um ball things that people put around as decoration and like dishes. Like, I know what you're talking about, but no, not shit balls. They made no... they made one out of shit that they shined. They shined shit, and it was actually like when they were done with it, it was really pretty. Like, it, I mean, I wouldn't use it. I'm just saying, like, they shined shit. Can you imagine, like, you're sitting at a dinner party and uh, or, or some kind of dinner that they're having? Mm -hmm. and it's like, hey, I bet y'all didn't know this, but those balls right there, completely shit. <laughs> <laughs> Full of shit. And, like, one guy's been, like, throwing it up in the air and playing with it and stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Solid shit balls. <laughs> mm -hmm. How you like, I polished my shit pretty good right there, huh? <laughs> I mean, I feel like it wouldn't be sanitary. I'm just saying you can do it. Yeah. Apparently, but I don't know who would. So the whole whitewashing a, a shitty wall is seems more relatable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
I or feel like, I feel like God is expecting like a hurricane or some kind of shit to blow through. And it's like, you thought the whitewash was going to prevent a hurricane? Pfft, buddy, you fucked up. <laughs> well, I mean, he's going to send that. Like, he's not expecting it. He's going to do it to mm-hmm. him. Right? Okay. So, um, let's see. Hailstones, torrents of rain will fall with destructive fury. I will tear down the wall you have covered with whitewash and will level it to the ground so that its foundation will be laid bare. When it falls, you will be destroyed in it, and you will know that I am Lord. Sir, if you kill people with a shitty wall, they're not going to know anything. They're going to be dead. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the purpose of this is. Well, I mean, if they're dead, then they can see God, and they will know he is Lord. But then what the fuck are they going to do about it by then? Nothing, I guess. It's like, ah, y'all fucked up. So I guess, um, yeah, this whole demonstration was kind of pointless, huh? I should have just like should have just killed you the normal way, you know, making you strip naked and <laughs> yeah, causing this, you to turn into a pile of shit on the ground. This seems really complicated, but okay, whatever. He's very dramatic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The wall is gone. Oh, I will say to you, the wall is gone, and so are those who whitewashed it. So the prophets of Israel who prophesied to Jerusalem and saw visions of peace for her when there was no peace, declares the sovereign Lord. So Essentially, he's saying these false prophets have built up this story that is bullshit and it's not going to happen. And no matter how pretty they paint the picture, you've got an ugly future a coming. Yep. That's what he's saying. Now, son of man, set your face against the daughters of your people, people who prophesy out of their own imagination. So the lady prophets, right? Prophetesses. <laughs> Fuck them in particular. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. Woe to the women who sew magic charms on all their wrists. All all their wrists? Mm-hmm. How many arms do these bitches have? I mean, at least two, I would imagine. But, you know, if they're full arachnid, they're probably like, you got eight. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. I can imagine a general grievous sort of prophetess there mm-hmm. that's just like, come, I will show you the way. Let me read <laughs> all of your hands. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so they, they sew magic charms on their wrists and make veils of various lengths for their heads in order to ensnare people. Will you ensnare the lives of my people but preserve your own? You have profaned me among my people for a few handfuls of barley and scraps of bread. By lying to my people, who listens to lies, you have... That's that's your fault that they listen to lies, do I'm just saying. Yeah, because I mean, he's so ambiguous; it's hard to tell who's prophetizing, mm-hmm. pro- prophesizing for God, and who is just making shit up. Yeah. So uh, by lying to those people, you have killed those who should have not, who should not have died, and have spared those who should not live. Wait a second. So the prophetesses saved people, but also but- killed people. People died because of them, but also people lived because of them. But people who shouldn't have lived. This is very confusing. I'm not sure how they would have spared people who shouldn't have lived. Yeah. Also, I'm not sure by what justification they should not have lived. But I guess, you know, I mean, God always knows what's right. (laughs) Only God knows these things, honey. Don't Uh, question God. Well, that's I mean, that's that's what Christianity does. Don't question (laughs) God. And it's crazy. It's just, it's, I've never understood the whole idea of don't question this or, you know, asking questions is bad. I used to get in a lot of trouble in uh, Bible, Bible camps and Bible school and theology class at school. And 
my grandmother's Bible study because I would ask too many questions that really whoever the authority figure was, whether it be the teacher or the, or the pastor, whoever couldn't answer. So that's not really my problem that you can't answer, but I get in trouble instead of them realizing they're teaching stuff that makes no sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against your magic charms with which you ensnare people like birds and I will tear them from your arms. I will set free the people that you ensnare like birds. I will tear off your veils and save my people from your hands and they will no longer fall prey to your power. Then you will know that I am the Lord because you disheartened the righteous with your lies when I had brought them no grief and because you encouraged the wicked not to turn from their evil ways and so save their lives. Therefore, you will no longer see false visions or practice divination. I will save my people from your hands and then you will know that I am Lord. So if he can stop them from seeing false visions, why are they seeing false visions to begin with? Well, I feel like what he's saying here is that, you know, these bitches are just making shit up in their heads. They're imagining things. Mm -hmm. So he's basically threatening to take away their imagination. Oh. And, you know, honestly, that's kind of a dick move there, God. I also think it's interesting that once again, this asshole is blaming women for everything that men fucking do. Yeah. Well, it's your fault. You ensnared them. You intoxicated them. They fell prey to you because men are so strong, right? Because they're the men, but they're also so weak that they can't fucking hold their own against a woman who's, I don't know, jingling fucking charms from her wrists and wearing a veil over her face. A a long veil of various lengths. Various lengths. It may be long. It may be short. I don't know. It depends on what the fashion of the day is. The occasion. The occasion is how you know what, what length of veil you are to wear. Or the jolly of the Israelite. Like just, if if he gets his jollies off on a long ass veil, I don't know why that would be um, enticing to somebody. It's like, oh, girl, is that six inches? <laughs> Fuck. It's a short veil. <laughs> anyway, so the prophetesses are going to get fucked up. Not in a good way. No. Uh, also, prophecy is not for idolaters. Okay, so now we're moving into Ezekiel 14. You ready? Let's do it. Some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat down in front of me. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Convenient, Ezekiel. Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts and put wicked stumbling blocks before their faces. Should I let them inquire of me at all? Therefore, speak to them and tell them this is what the sovereign Lord says. When any of the Israelites set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces, then go to a prophet. I, the Lord, will answer them myself in keeping with their great idolatry. I will do this to recapture the hearts of the people of Israel who have all deserted me for their idols. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says, repent, turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices. When any of the Israelites or any foreigner residing in Israel separate themselves from me and set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces and then go to a prophet to inquire of me. I, the Lord, will answer them myself. I will set my face against them and will make them an example and a byword. I will remove them from my people. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And if the prophet is enticed to utter a prophecy, I, the Lord, have enticed that prophet, and I will stretch out my hand against him and destroy him from among my people Israel. They will bear their guilt. 
the prophet will be as guilty as the one who consults him. Then the people of Israel will no longer stray from me, nor will they defile themselves any more with all their sins. They will be my people and I will be their God, declares the sovereign Lord. So basically, he's going to make these people behave by duress, Mm -hmm. which I guess in some manner of speaking is an effective way. I mean, fear, fear is an effective tool in controlling people's behavior. It's not really good. Um, It's not. It's it's harmful, but it's effective, I guess. Well, at this point in time, ruling by fear was just kind of like the standard. So, I mean, it, for for God to put forth this whole ruling by fear thing, it kind of seems like it was in line with how people did it back then. Which kind yeah, of, but God's not a person. No, God's so not. It a seems person. like he could get people to follow his will without that it doesn't seem like he would need that since he can control so much i mean he can harden people's hearts he can open and close wombs he can do all kinds of shit it seems like there would be a lot easier of a way um for getting people to abide by his rule well you know god and his actions are kind of limited by what the you know people were doing at the time Mm -hmm. i mean it's kind of contradictory for an all-powerful God to be limited by the capacity of the people that he's supposedly representing at that point in time. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. So this next part's interesting, and I didn't really give you, like, the the backstory. Of, of, I mean, I, I sort of, when we had our little meeting, I, I gave you a little bit of a, of a clue. But at this point in time, it's been 1,500 years, according to the Bible, since Abraham asked about how many righteous people being in Sodom and Gomorrah could save them. Remember that? Okay. It's been 1,500 years since then. Well, so Ezekiel um, wants to know what it would take to save the people from God's wrath. Okay. And he's going to answer the question. Ezekiel is going to answer his own question? God. God is going to answer Ezekiel. Oh, okay. Okay. And we've already been told the answer to this, but... Ezekiel kind of wants to know, hey, what would it take to save these people? And Abraham, this is this this is kind of a repeat of the story in Abraham. Abraham asked, remember because he asked if there was one, like if there's a if there's one good man, if there's 10 good men, you remember that? Oh, no, that wasn't mm, Are you sure you're talking about Abraham? Yes, it, positive. Oh, because that sounds a lot like Lot. Um it, or well, no, no, no. So there was Abraham talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I got you. I got you. I'm fa- I'm I'm up to date with you. Sorry, okay. I got my story mixed around a little bit with that. Okay. So he God God uses in, in this case God uses an illustration of a righteous remnant of his. Okay, a trio of faithful believers, people that he, um cherishes and thinks are held on a pedestal okay Mm -hmm. to explain to ezekiel right um what it would take okay you ready Mm -hmm. the word of the lord came to me son of man if a country sins against me by being unfaithful and i stretch out my hand against it to cut off its food supply and send famine upon it and kill its people and their animals even if these three men noah daniel and job were in it they could save only themselves by their righteousness, declares the sovereign Lord. So he's basically saying there's nothing these people can do. If 
if Noah, Daniel, and Job were there, I'd save them. But they're not. So everybody else gets the axe. You know, I, I kind of feel like how this would have actually went down is God's on his throne, sipping on his beer, smoking a cigar, and easy ease, like, but God, what can we do to save them? And God just takes a big swig and a puff. <sighs> they're fucked, yo. I mean, <laughs> you can't do shit, okay? I'm just going to fuck them up. <laughs> uh, he continues, or if I send wild beasts through that country and they leave it childless and it becomes desolate, basically, if wild beasts go eat all of the children, that's what he's saying right here, and it becomes desolate so that no one can pass through it because of the beasts, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, which God's not like alive, right? Mm -hmm. But this is how they describe it. Even if these three men were in it, they could not save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved, but the land would be desolate. Or if I bring a sword against that country and say, let the sword pass throughout the land and I kill its people and their animals as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord. Even if these three men were in it, they could not save their own sons or daughters. They alone would be saved. So he's saying no matter how he destroys this shit. Mm hmm. Only those three men would be saved. You know, you know, Yondu's weapon in Guardians of the Galaxy. No, <laughs> honey, no. He's no, the, I do not. <laughs> he's the he's the blue guy that has the arrow that operates via whistle commands, and it the like flies guy. around. Yeah, he's a blue guy. He's got the little the, Batista. No. Oh. Uh, he's associated with uh, uh, Chris Pratt's character. He's got like the fin on his head that glows red whenever he activates his little spear that flies around. No. Nope. Sorry, I got nothing. No. Nope. Got nothing. <laughs> got nothing. I kind of feel like that's what God's <laughs> talking about here. I mean, other people will probably know what you're talking about. Me, it's a, it's a magical spear that operates via whistles mm -hmm. and it, it it'll it'll fly around and like kill a whole bunch of people. That seems wild. Yeah, but I feel like that's what God's describing right here. All right. Well, he goes on. You ready? Yeah. Or if I send a plague into that land and pour out my wrath on it through through bloodshed, killing its people and their animals as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, even if Noah, Daniel and Job were in it, they could save neither son nor daughter. They would save only themselves by their righteousness. So that's another. So for this is what the sovereign Lord says. How much worse will it be when I send against Jerusalem my four dreadful judgments? sword and famine, wild beasts and plague, to kill its men and their animals. Yet there will be some survivors. The fuck? <laughs> you just spent the middle section of this chapter. Let's see, you've got uh, one, two, three. You've got four different examples of how you could go about killing all of these people mm -hmm. and what it would take to save them. And you say... I nothing, nothing can save these people. If I do this and Noah, Daniel and Job were in it, they would be the only survivors. And you say it four times. Then you follow it up with yet there will be some survivors. Yep. <sighs> Sons and daughters who will be brought out of it. <laughs> they will come to you. And when you see their conduct and their actions, you will be consoled regarding the disaster I have brought on Jerusalem. Every disaster I have brought on it, you will be consoled when you see their conduct and their actions, for you will know that I have done nothing in it without cause, declares the sovereign Lord. So, again, we have a situation where God talks about how he will destroy everything. 
But then he comes back at the very end and he's like, but I'm going to save some of you. So don't worry. I got y'all. <laughs> it's, it's so haunt, so contradictory. Okay. That's all for these few chapters that we're doing today. Okay. Okay. Um, next week, we're going to continue in Ezekiel. Fuck yeah, Ezekiel. Yeah, yeah we're going to have more prophecy. Um, we're going to have three different allegories. Mm. Um, and God is going to foretell of, of Judah's imminent destruction, which is interesting because in this reading today, he said there will be no more delay. Mm. No delay. None. No delay. And yet now we're going to have another allegory that shows um, that it's imminent. But it should have already happened if there was going to be no delay. So here we are. Um, the first allegory is going to show Judah as a useless vine that should be burned. Mm-hmm. The second is a uh, vitriolic attack against Judah's unfaithfulness, portraying Judah as an adulterous wife worse than her two sisters, Israel and Edom, and less moral than a prostitute. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So we're going to talk about how Judah is an unfaithful wife mm-hmm. um, and less moral than prostitutes. And then let's see. The third allegory uses two eagles and a vine to call specific attention to the personal ruin of King Zedekiah. So we're going to find out what's going to happen to Zedekiah. And it's interesting because. What they say is going to happen to Zedekiah apparently happens like exactly five years after that, after the prophecy. Oh, okay. But of course there's, you know, we're, and that's going to be some personal accountability stuff that goes on here. It's, um, yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk about a little bit about all of that next time on the Bible. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you want to prepare and read ahead, it's Ezekiel 15, 16. Um, 17, 18. Yeah. 15, 16, 17, 18. Okay. Yep. Sounds great. Some more prophecy and shit from EZE next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe God won't pull him up by his hair, make him crawl through a tunnel of shit and uh, do a whole bunch of crazy shit. We're just going to have some interesting allegories that, of course, aren't going to be misunderstood, right? Because... Ambiguous allegories are always awesome because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they should obviously know exactly what God wants to tell them Yeah, through ambiguous allegories. Anyways, so if you guys want to hear all these ambiguous things, then you'll have to tune in next week. Uh, mm-hmm. Or I guess you could read ahead now, but who wants to do that? Seriously. <laughs> um, so uh, y'all will have to join us next week. If you will, please go down below. Leave us a comment. We'd really love to read y'all's thoughts about today's Bible study. Uh, how crazy God is and how I guess how much of a bitch Ezekiel is and um, while you're down there why don't you smash that like button and subscribe if you like this kind of Bible study and don't forget to stand up and use your voice bye heathens bye